everyone. Welcome to the Human Behavior Show. We're back for another podcast, and I am super delighted to have Norheed here with us today. Um, she's an incredible speaker. Um, she talks really eloquently, and she's an overall awesome human being. So super excited to have Norheed here, and we'll be diving into a lot of interesting things. I met Norheed on Clubhouse, and we've hosted a lot of different shows together, a lot on psychology, human behavior, relationships, and we'll find out a bit more about her and um, what she's interested in. So first of all, Nahid, welcome to the show. I'm super delighted to have you here. Hi, Could you please? <laughs> yeah, uh, welcome. I've been looking forward to this one. And could you please tell the listeners and what your interests are and um, what Where kind of drives Where do I you? even start? Wow. So first of all, thank you so much for having me here. Honestly, I was a little bit nervous about this <laughs> because... <laughs> I'm going through some transitions in life right now. And, you know, when we experience moments that aren't super pleasant, we tend to want to just kind of hide and be in our own little shell. But I thought, you know what, even for this podcast, like what better way to have a conversation than one that's really grounded and honesty and talking about the difficulties that we experience in life and not just showing up when life is all, you know, happy and jolly, but just really the the waves and the motions that we all kind of experience and go through in life. So I am really in it right now. I am in it and I'm still here. I'm still showing up and I'm really looking forward to this conversation with you as far as my, so I just had to get that out of the way, first of all, <laughs> but as far as my interest and what I'm um, into, I have always been really, really fascinated by psychology, by um, by human behavior, why people do what they do, why people act the way they act, uh, just our programming, how society influences us. And I don't know if I would say that I've always been a very uh, spiritual person, but I think I've always been very aware of like the bigger picture and that this moment and this life is not it so yeah I guess I've been very deep <laughs> from a very young age I remember even when I was like three four years old I would have conversations with my grandparents in Afghanistan where we would lay down under the stars and my uh, grandfather was a poet and um, he would uh, sing and uh, you know he was just someone who was very very bright and creative and he would share a lot of stories and I would tell, ask him even at the age of three, like, where did we come from? What are we doing here? Um, so yeah, that's just a little bit about me and what my interests are and kind of it all coming first full circle now for me with what I do for work and in my life. No, I love that. And I've loved interacting with you. And I think Sahar would be someone who, definitely agrees that we we love when you know you join the room because you're someone oh God, you're so nice. <laughs> we find that you're definitely someone who we can rely on and someone who's trustworthy and someone uh -huh. who brings a lot of authenticity like no you just have this in your voice and tone and obviously i've done shows with a lot of different people on you know social audio or podcasting or whatever but i always feel like you you're very genuine you you don't have like you always have a very you know, like you come from a really good place and you always have a really uh -huh. nice agenda. And I think it really shines through. And I think that's really powerful. 
Um, I, I don't know how we measure for that, but it's something <laughs> that I think people generally feel. I mean, I know when yeah. Nawahid's in the room, I know it's going to be a good room. So, oh um, my God, it, that's so I mean, kind of you. Thank you. It, it must be Go genetic, ahead, right? <laughs> the, you guys, I poet. promise I didn't pay him for these compliments. <laughs> <laughs> I think, and it's interesting during your past that you know you have a poetic history in the family, which is super mm. interesting. And I don't want to go off topic straight away, but I will. Um, one of the first interactions was one of the roomy rooms you were doing. And, you know, mm-hmm. you were such a natural at, you know, evaluating so much of Rumi's poetry. And it seems like it was coming from the heart. And, you know, I remember just, I think I was working at the time and I was captivated with, with what you were saying. And uh, correct me if I was, I'm wrong, you had, I think you had a family member, maybe it was your father who came on. Yeah. Can you tell me more about Rumi, his poetry, what you kind of garner from it and, and how it inspires you? Oh, of course. Oh, my gosh. I can talk about Rumi all day. So that was the beautiful question to start with. Uh, first of all, just thank you for, for all the compliments. It's interesting how we don't give ourselves enough credit and we don't see ourselves often the way that others see us. But that was really refreshing. So thank you. I appreciate you so much. Um When it comes to Rumi, I think, well, he was someone who was born in the same exact place that I was. So I was originally born in Balkh, which is Mazar Sharif in Afghanistan. And to know that this human being uh, came like centuries ago, I think 12th or 13th century was when Rumi was alive. And this man, just his level of awareness that he put into words um, his level of soulfulness and just his message of of divine love and unity and uh, connection and all of these beautiful things that he spoke about is just to know that it's so relevant today even you know thousands of years later is just so fascinating to me but Rumi is someone that I came across when I was going through a really difficult time in my life um, I was going through a divorce and I just could not be with myself at the time. And I was having this like ego versus soul kind of fight going on within my own self of just being feeling so turbulent in my mind um, and not having any peace. And I came across a few other spiritual leaders. It was, I think, Eckhart Tolle was someone that I was reading and I was listening to Oprah and podcasts and books and so many things. Um, I shared it with my father and my dad is someone who's really into poetry also. And he's the one who introduced me to Rumi. And then we had those rooms that you were talking about on Clubhouse. So I would have my mom and dad come on Clubhouse and talk about Rumi with me and his poetry but he just really brought a different level of awareness and peace to my life um, where I started to see the bigger picture of like how we create our own anxieties by these stories that we tell ourselves and we're constantly running away from ourselves. And uh, one of my favorite poems from Rumi, I'm not sure if we have time for me to get into that because I know it's 30 minutes long and you know, I go like for it, talk. go for it. We, we <laughs> so have time. I'll keep, this, <laughs> I'll keep it a little bit brief on, on this question, but he just talks about, there's a poem where he talks about how your emotions are like visitors 
that are sent from God. So you have to welcome them in. The poem is called Guest House for anyone who wants to listen to it. But he talks about uh, embracing the highs and the lows and the feelings and emotions because that's when we're truly living and when we are learning from our experiences and from life because life itself is the greatest teacher. So I really just took so much value from all of his poetry and the things that he had to share. So I think that's how I got into uh, philosophy and these conversations about life, which is where I'm always at. I'm always very big picture talking about life, trying to find meaning, trying to help other people uh, going through their own emotions and things in life. So that that I'll keep it there for that question. That'll be my answer. No, that's a <laughs> that's a really great answer because um, in a life where um, a lot of us end up chasing different successes, uh, it's really interesting how we can take from someone like Rumi, and and that's actually amazing that he's actually his origin is the same from where you're from as well. So that's quite right. the legacy. And I feel like when you're speaking, there's a bit of Rumi coming through the the eloquency and, oh, well, you know, speaking you. from the heart. I mean, we know Rumi as someone who really put, you know, pen to paper on certain philosophical ideas that people mm-hmm. draw upon to this age, right? And right. definitely you drawing on those principles and explaining. I mean, that could be a series in itself. And, and that's something else I'm going to get to uh, maybe <laughs> in the future we can do because I just think there's so much value there. I mean, when you're speaking, I, I can wisdom. There's so much wisdom out there exactly. that we need to tap into. And I think especially the generation and where we're at with social media and um, there's so many distractions that we're really distracted from our core, from our soul, if, if we can say. All the time. I mean, we know with mental health, right? Um, that's a mm. subject that's important and something that's close to what I talk about. And I guess imagine people listening to you and feeling, I mean, I've Nahid, I've had messages when we've all done rooms and, and messages that, oh, when Nahid speaks, we, they feel like people feel therapeutically better, right? <laughs> so um, I don't know if I shared That's those awesome. with you. And um, I think it's really important to kind of delve deeper into the human souls and, and meaning mm-hmm. of life. And, and those philosophy topics are super interesting. So staying on that tone, um, I know um, you are interested and, and you know you're, you're you said you were pivoting in life and you know you went through struggles and you're kind of a great example of someone who kind of embraced struggle and then turned into helping other people and mm-hmm. you know you do a lot of obviously good work for afghans and philanthropic um mm-hmm. causes as well and um you are training you know you said you were training in the field of psychology and mental health mindset coaching mm-hmm. nlp can you tell us a bit more about that what does that kind of entail um what kind of therapy areas you're interested in as well yeah absolutely um so initially with just my own life experiences i learned how much we neglect our mental and emotional health and that has the most significant impact on overall the quality of our lives and the just how we show up every day in our lives and what we think is possible for us. And um, I initially thought I was going to go down this path of like, you know, traditional schooling and going to get hopefully my PhD and do something in the field of psychology. But the more I started looking into it, the more 
um, I got into, instead of traditional talk therapy, there's uh, something that I'm trained in called MER, which is mental emotional trauma release. And instead of revisiting all of the, uh, you know, difficult, just talking for hours about all of the stuff that we're going through or our childhood and things we went through, um, it is the concept that we pretty much form these, it looks at our, sorry, I'm so bad at trying to articulate this, but it looks at our subconscious mind and programming, which is what NLP is, neuro-linguistic programming. So I got certified in NLP, hypnotherapy, and uh, MER, which is mental emotional trauma release. And through this process, what we do is pretty much examine how all these difficulties that we go through in life, we end up forming stories around the subject or topic. And often our worldview and how we're viewing our lives is not really accurate because there is, it's filtered through our emotions, through our limited belief systems and perceptions. And um, so nothing is really what it is. So at every, at every moment they say there's like million bits of information that's coming at you and what you're picking up are things that already uh kind of verify what you already know so when it comes to mer um what we essentially do is we're not going to talk about for months you know your story of like what happened to you why did it happen we just go back to uh, there's this book called The Body Keeps Score, and it talks about how like in our body, but also in our mind, there's a map where these stories and these specific events exist. So it's going back to that memory, but instead of reliving and revisiting that memory, you're just taking away that emotional charge that it carries. So oftentimes when people are, you know, depressed and they're sad and they're uh, feeling a lot of anxiety or any kind of negative emotions, it's all kind of tied to uh, everything that they've experienced. And so once you get to the root of, for example, anger, you get to like, where is that stored in your mind? Like, what is your first memory of you feeling angry? Whether we unconsciously you won't know the answer but it is somewhere in your subconscious it it lives so you go back to that memory and you take away the anger from that from that memory and once you go to the very root then it kind of has this trickle effect of like present day and it kind of relieves you of all the anger it sounds so crazy i didn't really believe in it before i went to the class and the training but um, it's something that I also experienced and I had like this, it was like this electric current going up and down my body as I was releasing anger and sadness and guilt and shame and um, all of these difficult emotions. And I really saw such a big shift in my life uh, in terms of like not procrastinating on things I really wanted to do and, and uh feeling more in tune with myself, with my emotions, and overall just being a happier, more joyful person as I was able to go through this MER process. So long story short, MER is like, uh, it's kind of like a eight hour therapy session that you do, and you're just not really revisiting your whole life story. But in that eight hours, you're really just getting rid of wherever those negative emotions uh, are housed in your memory. I hope that answered your question. 
Yeah, I mean, that sounds really interesting. And I haven't experienced that, but I'm definitely interested to find out more um, because I've been a big proponent of pushing various types of therapy, especially um, in the pandemic where mental health became so prominent. And um, I hoped people started to embrace all types of therapy a lot more. Um, and I know coming from a tech background in health, um, it's kind of fashionable in places like Silicon Valley to have a therapist and it's kind of become normalized. But in many parts of the world, it's taboo, right? People don't want, right. don't think of a therapist like, you know, like like a mind personal trainer almost, right? And I had a, an episode recently with Jeremy, who's a therapist for trauma, and we kind of dive deep into why that is. Um, so, I mean, all these modalities, and that sounds really interesting. I know memories and emotions are so linked and this eight-hour session um, seems like it can help alleviate a, a lot of issues for a lot of people. And I mean, you have first-hand experience, which is better than anything, really. Um, so appreciate kind of hearing that from you. And, and whilst we're on that, that kind of takes us to kind of the main topic. You know, we've done a lot of rooms on relationships. I'd love to hear from you more on this and kind of take from your wisdom and experience. Um, obviously, um, <laughs> I built my startup, Ali, and we're trying to learn a lot about relationships and upscale and we see the impact it has on mental health and psychology and how mm. you know finding a compatible partner is so vital sometimes um you know for your health so i'd love to kind of have your take on what do you think um forms a healthy relationship what, what does it take does it take things like compromise um and, and how do you select for the right person um, I know we could probably dive into this for, for, for hours and we have done in the past, mm -hmm. but just kind of what do you think some of the prominent things are in, in maintaining a relationship, making sure you, you pick the right person and your overall take mm -hmm. on successful relationships and, and when to walk away? When do you think, I mean, a lot of people get into toxic relationships and they're scared of walking away, um, gathering that courage. I mean, anyone listening to this podcast, I, I'd love for them to have a few takeaways on, you know, there are always you know times where you can rise from things which are difficult right and, and it's never wrong to walk away so i'd love to hear that from you tonight absolutely well i would not consider myself any kind of expert when it comes to relationships uh, but i have been very open and vulnerable about my own journey and i think one thing that i do bring to the table is just my vulnerability and just sharing from my heart uh, without being fearful of what other people are going to think or say about it because i know that relationships are an area that a lot of people struggle in and you know there's that saying the quality of our lives is uh, dependent on the quality of our relationships so i'm a firm believer in that i love what you guys are doing with emily and all the conversations that we've had on your um um, on Emily, which is Sahib's app for Muslim matchmaking. Uh, but yeah, we've had a lot of clubhouse rooms. I've learned a lot from a lot of different professionals. And when it comes to forming or what a healthy relationship is, uh, just from my own perspective, I, I would just say that it seems like a lot of people um, try to look for a relationship in order to complete them or to make them happy. Uh, but I've learned that it takes you being emotionally healthy and in a good place, you being healthy, you being happy in order to come to a situation where you can give that to someone else. 
Oh my gosh, I read something earlier. Now I have to just pause and read that to you because it was so wonderful. Let me see if I can, because I think this just sums it oh, be great. beautifully. Um, let me yeah, please it. do. I think that would be, uh, I mean, I love when you kind of quote sources. <laughs> I think that really adds to the conversation. <laughs> Okay, let me see. There's this woman I came across earlier. Her name is Emily Marushian. She's an author. She has a book called uh, The Book of Relief and In Case Nobody Told You. And she had such a beautiful thing that I was just reading right before this when it came to relationships. Oh, my gosh. Maybe right now is not the time for me to try to look it up. Maybe we okay. can do it in a further one. Up to you. Yeah, I'm going to try to find it for you. But um, what I was going to say about relationships is just how to select. I think the question was selecting the right person, maintaining the right relationships. I think, yeah, oftentimes we're just really not aware of ourselves and we're trying to find and cling on to relationships almost like an escape from ourselves and from our situation so someone can make us happier but we're constantly seeking to take away something and extract that happiness extract that joy but what i've learned through my experiences is just that that exists within you that love that you feel for this other person is something that exists in you that they are just triggering because your feelings and your emotions you're feeling inside of your body for this person so if that is if this person is kind of stirring up that love it's not really them loving you that feels good it's that love that you're feeling inside yourself that like really starts to stir up when you have an infatuation with somebody um, but yeah, I would say when it comes to a healthy relationship, it's just about two people who are, who really see each other, who are really committed to growing together. There has to be open and honest communication. That's absolutely number the number one thing. Um, and just someone who you feel at ease around someone who makes just you're very comfortable being yourself. You're very comfortable being open with this person. So the number one thing is definitely selecting the right person. But more than that, it's being that right person. We often don't focus enough on ourselves, um, how we show up to different situations, how we can be in order to have a successful relationship. So my take on this is just being that kind of person that you want to attract, like be loving, be giving, be generous, be thoughtful, be all of these things that you're seeking in a partner, be that. Uh, oftentimes, I think the last question or one of the last questions you had was like when to walk away from relationships. I think that naturally, you know, as relationships progress, we start in this honeymoon period where life is just bliss and everything is just rainbows and butterflies and thing there's just no wrong anyone can do. Uh, but as we start to get more comfortable, people start to go back into their habits and patterns that they fall into of how they know relationships to be. And that's when like people just take each other for granted and they don't wanna really see themselves or do the work or put the effort so oftentimes I find that when people are just not seeing eye to eye and when they're so frustrated and they want to walk away, I think it's important to just take some time to pause and really assess like, 
Am I doing everything that I can in this relationship? And how am I showing up? And is there anything I can do to show up differently versus just, hey, I don't like that you're A, B, C, and D because most people project outwards and they want to complain. But when we bring it back, I had a situation, I'll tell you a little bit of a story. One of my really good friends came uh, to me about a year ago and she was saying how, you know, she doesn't like the way her partner, her fiance was speaking to her. Like she felt very disrespected by him and all of, he didn't appreciate her so many things. Uh, but as I was speaking to her, I got to the root of like, well, why are you accepting this kind of behavior and what boundaries are you placing and how are you showing up versus just complaining to him all the time about, you know, you're not doing this right. And I'm not happy with this. What would happen if you were to work on these things for yourself? So for example, like at the root of it, let's say boundaries, when he is making his stuff about you, why can't you say, Hey, you know what? I'm not comfortable in this situation. I'm going to walk away because it seems like, you know, you're working through some things and it's not fair for you to project all of this onto me. Uh, but me just telling her to do a little bit of work on herself, I said, two things are going to happen. So whether it's, you know, talk therapy or whatever modality you go through to kind of look at yourself in this situation, just go down that route. But the two things that are going to happen is either you are going to realize like, okay, you're going to outgrow this relationship and realize you no longer need it and it's not going to serve you or you're going to develop the tools and the resources, everything that you need to be healthy within yourself, that you're not going to accept that kind of behavior from that other person. So that other person is either going, something is going to happen regardless, instead of this stagnant place of like both of you being unhappy, either he's gonna come like step up and you guys are gonna grow th together or it's gonna be easier for you honestly to grow apart from this person. And the most interesting thing happened when she did start going to therapy um, and she started, uh, I think she went to his work one day and he was just having a rough day and he was taking out his anger on her. Uh, usually she would sit there and take it personally and make it about her and that would trigger something in her where it would cause some kind of you know friction between them. But in that moment, once she started doing therapy and started really working on her own uh, her own self. She said, Hey, you know what? I'm sorry. I don't, I'm not comfortable in this situation. I don't know if I upset you, but that wasn't my intention. I came to have lunch with you, but it seems like you need a little bit of time. So no problem. I'm going to walk away and, you know, we can speak to each other tomorrow. But it was a, a reaction that was different to what she's ever said before. So he was so startled by that by her having boundaries, by her communicating proper, properly, like how she, just her reaction to the situation was so different than before. Uh, but what happened in that was just, he started to meet her there in that space. Now he's doing therapy also, but they have such a, instead of her just walking away from that moment, that was her doing the work for herself, really transformed their relationship overall. So I think that most people just need to, self-reflect a little bit and see that it really takes two to tango in every relationship. So we can't 
constantly blame and be a victim to our surroundings and to our lives, which is also what, you know, we learn in NLP. It's like be at the cause of your life, take responsibility for how you show up in different situations. And it really can have all the impact in the world. Um, when it comes to my own journey of relationships, yeah, it's been waves of just, I went through a really unhealthy marriage and relationship then I met someone who was the complete opposite of my fiance now. And um, he's just the most wonderful, loving, caring partner in the world. And he's really given me the foundation to grow and thrive as a person because it's been such a healthy and beautiful environment where we openly and honestly communicate with each other. I look out for him. He looks out for me. I always try to think of like, what can I do for him? He always thinks of what can I do for her? Uh, but there's just so much trust. There's so much um, just thinking of the other person and seeking to give love and, you know, do little romantic things for one another. So I think us not taking each other for granted is what really has helped us develop a healthier foundation for our relationship. Uh, but besides not taking each other for granted, like we really check in with each other. So I'm a big fan of like Esther Perel and a lot of other relationship coaches. And I take the time to really listen to their advice. So one thing that we often talk about is our love tank. I'll ask him like, hey, how's your love tank today? And, you know, he's not someone who's as communicative about his emotions or he wasn't in the beginning as I am. So I would often ask on a daily basis, hey, how are you feeling? I'm good. Oh, no, no, no. Like, we're not, no, we're not going to do good. <laughs> Give me five words. But I would extract that out of him. I would get him to communicate more. And now he's so wonderful at communicating his feelings, communicating his needs, um, and yeah, we ask each other, like, what's your love tank today? And if he's feeling like, okay, I'm at a 60% then, or uh, thank God it has never been at 60. We're usually at like a 80%, 90%. Uh, but even then, if I know, okay, you're at a 70 today, what can I do to help in this situation? But just these kinds of conversations where you're letting the other person know, hey, I care about you and I'm here and I'm listening and whatever you need, like, you know, we're, we're in this together. Uh, we're not, we don't look at problems as, you know, me versus him. We look at it as it's us versus this problem or this situation. So it's been such a beautiful experience uh, learning and growing in this healthy environment where I've really been able to see like the worst of the worst when it comes to relationships and now really experiencing a completely different bliss that has helped me open my mind to, it, it has completely rewired that programming of like what love is, what relationships should be. Um, and yeah, so it's, it's been a beautiful journey, Sahib. <laughs> I mean, no, that's such a powerful story. And I've um, loved every bit of that and having you on this podcast. I think there's so many takeaways from what you shared. So I really appreciate you sharing and being so vulnerable and being so open about it. And I think the advice and tips you've given have been super useful for so many people. Uh, I mean, you really broke that down really well on what's needed to have a successful relationship and how, you know, you work through, um, 
having a successful relationship as well and uh, power to you as well. Um, and, and I wish you to keep growing, learning and sharing. Um, I think the ability you have to really connect with people's hearts and minds is really powerful and love kind of having these conversations with you and 100% looking forward to doing more episodes in the future on the Human Behavior Show. Um, but I do want to finally ask and hear from you, what inspires you? Is there anyone in particular? I know Rumi obviously is one. Um, can you let us know? And then where can people follow you and, and follow some of the work you'll be doing or interact with you as we round up? Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for just giving me this opportunity to have a conversation. It's always so interesting talking to you and you're someone who's doing such incredible things in the world. So I'm just so proud to even know you and to be friends with you and know people who are really creating impact in their own communities and in their environment. So I really see you as that change maker. And it's just so wonderful to know you and to be connected and with Emily, with, you know, human behavior and all of these different platforms. So God bless, you know, technology for that. Uh, in terms of the, the work that I'm doing and where I can be found, uh, I am right now I'm doing a lot of philanthropic work. So I have two nonprofit organizations that I'm working on. One is called Aina Philanthropy, and that is providing men like one-on-one -on -one mental health and coaching services to Afghan refugees. Uh, so that's the biggest project that I'm working on right now. Another one would be Shop to Feed. So if anyone wants to support any of these, please do feel free to message me or reach out to me on Instagram. I would love to connect. Um, whether you want to help me grow these uh, nonprofit organizations, be part of the team, um, or support in any way. So the second one would be Shop to Feed Afghanistan. It's an online marketplace where I sell donated goods to raise money for uh, displaced and widows, uh, in Afghanistan, displaced families and widows in Afghanistan. Uh, so that would be Shop to Feed, uh, another project that I'm currently working on. Oh man, there's so much stuff. I'm like, <laughs> there's no one <laughs> place for someone to find me, but they can find me on Instagram and then we can connect on Instagram and hopefully go from there. But my Instagram would be Her Majesty Nahid, N A H I D. So I would love to. No, I love the name anyone. as well. Indeed. <laughs> Majesty Nahid. And you're involved in so much. And guys, she's also a mother as well, an incredible mother. So oh, um, she does all these and manages all these things whilst doing that. So Nahid John, it's been amazing having you here. Guys, do follow her. This episode will be available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So do subscribe. We did this on Colin app. So do download Colin app as well. Um, and Nahid, um, I look forward to doing more with you and appreciate your Absolutely. kind words as well. Thank and you so much. <laughs> I think, yeah, we level up when you have people who are, you know, genuine and brilliant around you, you end yeah. up doing a lot better. So I'm very pleased to have you as part of this community as well and being Very able to fine. share the stage with you always. So <laughs> Nohit, um, I look forward to talking to you again and doing more shows and i guess everyone will catch you in the next show um the next episode of the human behavior show uh thanks for joining thanks for listening in and thank you nohid thank you so much have a beautiful day Sahib. i appreciate you <laughs> bye nohid